Hey, welcome back to episode 57 of the Local 724 Podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Brian Nicholas Jewelry. They are Westmoreland's best kept secret for all your jewelry needs, and they're located conveniently inside of the Pawn and Jewelry Exchange right in downtown Greensburg, right down the road. Their husband and wife team, Brian and Ashley, they're there to bring your jewelry ideas to life and make the jewelry buying experience something that you won't soon forget. They're there to help you out with all of your jewelry repairs, engagement rings, just because gifts, or appraisal needs. On site, you have a master jeweler and a certified appraiser. You don't have to send those things out and then wait a couple days to hear things back. They're right there at your fingertips. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Brian Nicholas Jewelry, or you can just stop in and say hi at the Pond and Jewelry Exchange. There's convenient parking right there at the pawn shop. You won't have to go search for a parking spot. So uh, what are you guys waiting for? Get down there and check it out. This episode is also brought to you by Greensburg Video. If you and your company are in need of social media videos, web videos, broadcast TV commercials, anything that you can think of that has to do with photography or video, you can hit me up at greensburgvideo.com or gbgvideo.net. Also, don't forget that you can advertise on this very podcast. If you're interested in that, reach out. All right, today is an episode that I've been waiting for for a very long time. It's with Jim Bosco of Major Stokes. Let's do it. Welcome to the Local 724 Podcast in 3, 2, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Local Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hauser. Today we have Jim Bosco from Major Stokes. How are you doing, sir? Fantastic, Jordan. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely, man. I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, Major Stokes has really like kind of become uh, one of those staples in Greensburg. It's uh, it's so cool to see that a restaurant like yours is uh, you know you guys have a, a mission of of giving back to the community, and that was something that really stood out to me, especially this year. Um, so, if you could tell us a little bit about uh, how Stokes came to be and a little bit about your background and stuff, that would be awesome. Fantastic. Uh, opening a restaurant and bar was a lifelong dream. I promised my wife, my now ex-wife, that I would wait till our baby graduated high school to open up a restaurant. And uh, I think two weeks after she graduated, I looked at the building. Two months later, I purchased it. I've worked in the uh, restaurant industry all over the country, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Dallas, and so it's a little different vibe from your typical Western Pennsylvania restaurant and bar. And there are enough individuals that not that there's anything wrong with yings and wings, uh, bitter, you know, appreciate an ahi tuna poke bowl and a, a different type, type of atmosphere. No freezer, no fryer, no microwave that, that we're doing pretty well. Yeah, it's really cool. That's the that's the one thing that I noticed was, um, you know, you guys are very, um, you know, it's all about fresh, uh, like you said, no freezers, no microwaves, no fryers, things like that. Um, I mean, that's a that's a really cool mission, I think. That's like, you know, you want something, you want to deliver the community something a little more, um, a little more healthy, a little more like, you know, fresh. Uh, for sure. Uh, I, I think we have a huge problem, not only in this country, but worldwide of wasting food. 
Mm-hmm. And I take pride that when our plates go out to a table, that there's nothing left on them when they come off. I, I know there is a large segment of our population that really appreciates a NFL football size stromboli. Right. <laughs> That's really bigger than your, your stomach is. And oftentimes they're, you're eating it for the next three days. So yeah. Uh, we've, we've kept our costs low. If somebody eats something, they want to order something else, they're welcome to. And it's, uh, it's been working. That's awesome. So, uh, if, if we could go a little, a little further back into your background and stuff like that, like when did you start, um, I guess being interested in, in cooking? Well, this is kind of a funny story. I was a computer science major. Okay. My dad was the science teacher. He was very proud of me. And I was to graduate in 1991 with a computer science degree. That would have been a horrible degree to have as the internet exploded. <laughs> and there was an apartment full of kind of cute co-heads, co-eds living above me. And they're like, Jimbo, you should be a hospitality major. All we do is eat and drink wine and have fun. And I'm like, Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> and history was bad. <laughs> what was your uh, What was your first? I guess um, your first interaction with uh, like the restaurant world. At age fifteen, my brother in law he's the one who kind of got me interested at first. But again, I went the the computer, the science route. Um, mm-hmm. He was a uh, regional vice president for a restaurant company in Dallas, Texas, and I would go and work summers, live with him and my sister from age 15. Uh, I actually haven't lived at my parents' house since age 17. That's when I graduated high school and uh, went straight down to Texas in the summer and straight up to school when it was uh, time for the fall semester. Uh, That's wild. (laughs) That's fast and furious. It's pretty neat. My kids are tired. They're, my kids are tired of hearing it, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm get sure. out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like the restaurant world. I mean, you can uh, you've been inundated with that, um, especially the kitchen life. Um, you know, it's a it's a different world back there. I mean, like you don't really uh, understand. I guess I worked in the restaurant industry. I wasn't a cook in in the restaurant i did some waiting tables when i was uh, a younger guy uh, right before college and um the kitchen staff like i mean that's a that is a different that's a different world how can you kind of explain like the kitchen staff to the rest of the working world it's it's definitely a calling and individuals in the restaurant industry, even those that spend a short time there, you're cut from a different cloth if you're yeah. drawn to that type of service or that type of business. When I opened my restaurant, we had this concept of everybody getting paid the same amount, mm-hmm. including myself, the owner. So I made the same amount as the dishwasher who made the same amount as a server who made the same amount as my chef. And we would uh, tip share and based on the number of hours worked and it was a really team effort. And my friends in the industry, they're like, how are you going to get any servers? And I'm like, well, you take the best servers 
and I'll get the best cooks and we'll see who puts out a better product. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Is that still how the, the business runs? I, everything's different right now. Yeah. Based on COVID Jordan, uh, this, this week I'm running brush drop myself. Oh, yes. so I'm, I'm the host. I'm the waiter. I'm the dishwasher. I'm the bartender and I'm going back in at five o'clock tonight for my next shift. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Can you talk a little bit, I guess, about before we talk into the to the giving back and stuff like that? Can you talk to me a little bit about um, just kind of how COVID really affected your business specifically? My business specifically, I just did a, a P&L comparison 2019 to 2020 projected sales versus actual sales. And the last few months, we're operating at about 12% of projected sales. Uh, we're doing everything by the book. I have some loyal customers, but people have health concerns, and they're honestly uh, apprehensive to go out. We did well in the summer because we have an outdoor seating area, but now that people have to seat and sit indoors, I think I had one dining customer today, and the rest were all uh, pickups or deliveries. Oh, I was the delivery driver today too. Oh my gosh. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> so wild. I mean, you guys do have one of the best hidden patios in Greensburg. Your patio is like top notch. I love it. Um, it's, it's beautiful back there. Thank so you like, so much, Mike. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, with, with in the summer, I mean, that, that, had to have been amazing, but now come winter, um, and you, and you're pretty much forced to go either indoors or get creative with that outdoor seating somehow. Um, do you guys have any plans to like, I don't know, maybe put up a tent, do some patio heater or something like that back there? We have four patio heaters, but again, as you, you lead into, uh, December and January, December's typically, holiday parties yeah and january is traditionally a bad month all across the industry for my entire career hospitality yeah it's real tough january i i you know in pretty much every business january is uh really tough everybody's got buyer's remorse (laughs) (laughs) can can i I give you a little uh history of the stokes restaurant absolutely i'd love it Okay, look, I even brought props. You're going to love this. All right. <laughs> so this guy right here, can we see this guy? Absolutely, yeah. That's uh, United States Senator Edgar Cowan. And Stokes, which we see right here, mm-hmm. this is his family home. It, he built in 1854. And then his brother, Frank Cowan, this, the, this guy over here, Mm-hmm. was an inventor and a doctor and he turned it into Greensburg's first hospital in 1895. Whoa. That's so awesome. So there's some a, good history. Yeah. There's a lot of history here. That's so, that's wild. That's so, so uh, we're also uh, major, majorly haunted. We've had three paranormal investigations. Oh, great. It was it was actually a sanatorium in the 1800s, and apparently uh, many of the spirits aren't resting easy. Oh, wow. So, 
that is uh that's pretty intense that's uh that's wild i mean like has there been what kind of things have you like experienced uh, i have my doctorate i was a huge skeptic i've yeah. never watched any of the shows on cable tv because it's nothing ever happens and the first group that came out they called me um it was two individuals with their PhD, two with their master's degree. They were very serious and they asked, Hey, can we do an investigation? And I'm like, Hey, can I come with you? And they're <laughs> like, yeah, you could come. And they did it in the daytime. It wasn't made for TV. And I was part of uh, nine high quality EVPs, which are apparently voice recordings of the spirits answering our questions. Yeah. Uh, the weirdest part of it, we went up to the third floor of the building and there's no wiring at that time on the second floor, the third floor. And I know this wasn't what we planned to talk about. So that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. This is pretty cool. <laughs> well, I had one of those, uh, meters that you make sure and out, see if an outlet's active or not. Oh yeah. And, and I wasn't getting on the first floor where we actually had wiring. I got nothing on the second floor we get up to this back like, attic room, the third floor, and there was writing on the ceiling dated September 8th, 1895. And then the initials of the person who wrote it there. Oh my. And when I walked through with my meter, it started lighting all the way up to red. It just go crazy. And the lady facilitating the investigation for my team, we split up in the two teams, ask question, ask question. And I'm like, if you're happy I'm opening a restaurant, take it to red and hold it. And it took it to red and held it. No. Okay. So it, it was, <laughs> it was pretty weird, but I got that going for me. Well, that's good. At least you're, uh, you've got the support of, uh, the tenants. <laughs> yeah, I've spent the night there. Some people won't even go upstairs, but, uh, it's, it's really my home. I spend more time there than I do at my actual house. Yeah. Wow, man, that is uh, that's that's awesome. That's probably one of the coolest facts that ever came out on this show. <laughs> well, we'll do, we'll do a live podcast next Halloween. I'll take you up there. I'll get a, I'll get, I'll get some of the investigators back. All right, I, you're All calling right. me out. I will. I will. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> cool. So, talk to me about the giving back because that you're the the restaurant's level of giving back is. It's phenomenal. It's unheard of. I mean, like you could go right on the site and see. And I mean, like these. There's some of the uh, major. Um, uh, we'll call them companies or uh, charities that you've worked with. I guess um, some are very near and dear to my heart. We got uh, the Cultural Trust, who I rent a space from for this very podcast. Um, Adelphi was one of my first major clients for my video business. Um, and then you guys work with a, a whole slew of other, of other uh, charities and stuff like that. Can you talk to me? Like, what was the idea behind that? I didn't go out and hire servers. I, I hired artists. I hired musicians. I wanted a particular type of vibe and individuals that, I've worked in the hospitality for a certain period of time, which I do have 
my dining room manager, uh, Jojo, she is well known in Westmoreland County. She's been in the industry, but believe it or not, she was on board. And so it wasn't just me. It was the team being willing to give it back. So we had to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. I, I give them the credit for that. You know, I had a, I had a job teaching at the university and so I had another income, right. but they were more than willing to sacrifice. And at times they asked us to do a, a second charity during a month uh, for something that had come up that affected somebody in their uh, circle. And it's, I, I wish I could do that full time and still pay the bills. Right. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I mean, <clears throat> what really caught uh, my attention? Well, first was with Adelphi because I'm familiar with them. I make all of their marketing videos. So when I was talking to the team and they were saying we were actually on a shoot and, um, they said, hey, we're going to go to Major Stokes and we're going to grab, uh, I think, dinner or lunch. It was like right when you guys had first opened up and they had said that you guys were given half of the tips um, to to Adelphi and as a donation. And I was like, oh, my God, like, that's fantastic. And I said, where is this place? And they said, it's right in Greensburg. And I couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And then, um, again, really caught my attention in April when COVID hit and all of that stuff. And, and you guys, um, if I remember correctly, you guys were shut down. Were you like kind of closed to the public, but you were making uh, meals and giving away meals for, for free. Is that correct? That's correct. I, uh, I had a small team of volunteers, basically myself and three other people. I, I made the decision for the safety of the community and my staff to close the restaurant. And so while we were closed, uh, I networked with some other area charities, such as Feeding the Spirit, who's been mm-hmm. doing yeoman's work for years in Westmoreland County. And friends, individuals that just stepped up and said, yeah, we'll drive, we'll deliver these meals. And our initial uh, goal uh, was 50 free for five days. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to uh, serve 250 free meals to the community. And we got a little bit of attention and some people started seeing what we were doing. And I started getting phone calls asking if people could donate. And I said, we're really not taking uh, donations. This is something we want to do. I believe any time that there's a crisis, there's individuals in the community that are part of the problem and part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And my partner and I, and my staff, we firmly wanted to come down on the side of part of the solution work. There is such a broad network of people that have been struggling uh, financially and also emotionally uh, since March. Yeah. And if somebody is in a position where they can step up and help out, I believe it's their responsibility as a community member to do so. 
Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I was I was just blown away. Uh, I remember I was sitting on my couch. Uh, these are the days of quarantine, so we're sitting there. Uh, it was myself, my wife. We're watching TV and uh, you know scrolling through the phones like you know like you do when you get bored. And my wife just started talking about that what you guys did, and I was like. This is like phenomenal. Like I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I was just like this is so cool that a place here in Greensburg, a brand new restaurant nonetheless is doing this level of giving back to the community and and like I said, man, that's just like it's unreal. It's unheard of. I love it. So my partner and I we uh financially supported the first week. Mhm. And my partner and his wife said they wanted to support the second week. And we received countless unsolicited donations from the community. And we ended up doing a third week, which allowed us to uh, serve 788 free meals uh, wow. to the greater Greensburg community, Westmoreland County. We went as far as Norwin. We took, uh, I had somebody uh, coming from Latrobe and we, I would load up her car and she would deliver in Latrobe. So wow. the greater Westmoreland County region, we tried to serve. That's so awesome. I mean, like it, it just, it's got, it's got to make you feel good, man. I mean, you did, you did, some serious work for, you know, not just our community here in Greensburg, but, uh, you know, our, our fellow communities there in Latrobe and, and stuff like that. It's, it's just fantastic, man. I mean, like what, that's gotta be, uh, one of the top five things that, uh, you know, I would say that you've accomplished, man. I mean, like if that was me, that would be like, you know, top three things that, I, that I've accomplished. That's gotta be something really awesome. Um, of my professional career, you know, getting past having my four kids. Sure. Yeah. And all that <laughs> wonderful stuff. Uh, it was the best I've ever felt about myself and the people I work with. We, we received this wonderful note and I wish I had the foresight to bring it. But so at the end of the day, you know, it was one thing to have people that could call you that you could deliver to their fixed address, but, there is a large homeless population in Greensburg hmm. and it was tough getting the word out. Cause obviously you can't email them. You can't call them. Yeah, yeah. You can't blast out social media. And there was an individual that had walked by my restaurant quite off, often. And I said, Hey, you know what? If you stop by today at four o'clock um, from four to five, we'll be giving out, you know, free meals. And uh, she showed up that day, day one, she was um, the only uh, homeless community member that did a walk up. And it's great what the food banks are doing, but mm -hmm. you see these Mercedes Benz and luxury SUVs lying up for boxes of food in yeah. these lines. And I, I know most of the people that are willing to wait in line need that food. And maybe many of them are taking it and giving it out to somebody else. But the highest need population are individuals that have no way they're shut-ins. Uh, there was an elderly woman in the area that was taken out of a nursing home by her son because he was worried about her health. But he lived in a different state. 
and he left her in this apartment and she had no way to get out and, and get food. So we, we delivered to her every day throughout the uh, three weeks. And we put in things like toilet paper and dish soap and other, other necessities. So getting back to what I was telling you, that lady that came in first, I get sidetracked. I'm like a human Labrador retriever. Squirrel. All right. uh, so this individual, she came back and she brought some other people the next day. She showed up every single day for three weeks. By the last day, we had, I believe, 22 walk-ups uh, to the restaurant. And the next week I, I walked in and there was this beautiful handwritten note and obviously this woman is an educated woman Mm -hmm. Uh, she's writing at a collegiate level and she was just uh thanking us i put a video up on my facebook page and i had to record it i think the fifth recording that i kept crying uh reading it uh but it, it just it was amazing that's that's amazing. I mean, like the fact that you know you probably felt amazing. Um, it it helped her. She probably felt amazing because of you and and your partners and in your and the donations that you guys have received. And it just like I mean that you don't have to go very far or or do you know crazy crazy amounts of things to make to help people out and and make them feel just human and and it's amazing that's what you guys did there's nothing i've ever done at a concert or sporting event or an amusement park that has made me feel half as good as those three weeks uh and i would bring anybody out for listening that if you can give from your excess to people that have need uh that you do so and it's a biblical principle that you're going to get back tenfold everything you get. Mm-hmm. And and I agree with that. Yeah. It's so incredible. I, I guess I really had no idea that there was that uh, large of a homeless uh, population here in Greensburg. One of my, one of my good dear friends, Bacharath, Mm-hmm. Uh, who helped found Feed the Spirit, uh, her and her uh, co-founder, they, they're runners, and they had noticed running uh, down the rails, the trails, the railroad tracks, mm-hmm. that they would see countless homeless people sleeping along the tracks. Hmm. And they felt compelled to do something about it. I have to say they've served somewhere in the neighborhood 45,000 meals to our homeless community. They've helped people find temporary housing. They've helped people apply for driver's license, uh, social services. Uh, they have done so much. So again, I, I had, a, I had a nice run for a few weeks, and the restaurant has been contributing. I think we're it's, it's not one large corporation uh, doing 100% of the yeoman's work, but it's 100 groups doing 1% of the work that really makes the community great. Oh, yeah. Well said. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I just, uh, you know, I haven't been able to come down to the restaurant. I've been to the patio. Um, and, uh, 
so I have I have hung out on the patio there before COVID, and and that was amazing. I'm really looking forward to getting back to normal if we can, uh, you know, find ourselves getting back to normal, whatever that means uh, now. And um, you know, I really, really just I wish you guys like the best luck ever. I mean, it's. Uh, your food looks delicious. Um, I was able to sample some the night, um, one of the nights of the uh, the concerts, the concert series at the uh, Palace Theater over the summer. That was absolutely delicious. If I can make public service announcement, uh, sure. We are closing uh, this Sunday. Uh, typically. Coming up to Christmas through January or slow times, whether there's COVID or not, but we plan on reopening uh, for Greensburg Restaurant we at the end of January. So we, we hope we see some of our friends uh, back in the restaurant. For those of you not comf- comfortable uh, coming out, uh, we'll, we'll deliver. That's good to know. Yeah. So you guys are still, you know, doing, uh, currently still delivering and stuff. And then when you come back, you guys will be doing delivery and, uh, curbside and things. That's okay. Very awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for popping on with me today and giving, uh, giving us the creepy facts of, of Greensburg. (laughs) Anytime I look forward to our, uh, Halloween show. Absolutely. Oh man, you're really holding me to that. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do it. We'll do it. I promise I will come and I will take a tour. I promise. <laughs> All right. Perfect, Jordan. You, right. uh, you have a good weekend and a blessed Christmas. You too. Stick around real quick. All right. There goes Jim Bosco, a major Stokes. How could you not want to like fully support a restaurant that is so focused on supporting our community and its uh, population in need. It's it's so amazing to me uh, that there's people in this world that exist that are so giving and so amazing, like Jim and his team. It's just an amazing thing that he's doing. I am thankful that this place exists in my community. It's so amazing. Again, this episode of this podcast was brought to you by Brian Nicholas Jewelry. They're right inside of the Pond Jewelry Exchange. So it's definitely a little hidden gem inside of Greensburg. I mean, they're not your typical jewelry shop. There's no stuffiness. There's no intimidation or anything like that. They're really there to help you out. And the fact that they are a husband and wife team really makes it a welcoming atmosphere. As I said earlier, you have access to a master jeweler and a certified appraiser right there on site. You can find them on Instagram, Facebook, at Brian Nicholas Jewelry, and uh, you can even just stop in and say, hey, that's how loose the atmosphere is there. It's really cool. Just pop in, say hey, ask some questions, and they'll tell you what's up. Go check them out. Be sure to follow Major Stokes on Facebook, Instagram, and you can check out their website. Um... I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I was really looking forward to this one. I'll see you guys next week for a new episode. See ya.